Years ago, uh, when I went to teach English in China, one of the first things my students wanted to know from me is what did my name mean? And I knew what they were after. The tradition in China for naming a child is traditionally quite complex. Um, it can involve a lot of astrological calculations and consideration of ancestors' names. Um, it can also include giving a child a name that is essentially a wish for that child's future. Uh, so um, it can include uh, things like um, something to do with strength or wisdom or good nature. The first name is the family name. Then the next one or two are often words that actually have meaning in everyday language. I tried to explain to them that in the States, the vast majority of names have no other meaning in everyday language. They're just names. For instance, I know that originally the name Cameron meant crooked nose, right? But these days we don't say, wow, look at that dude. He's got a real Cameron. That doesn't, that's not how we do it. So I, uh, I said, for the most part, names are just used as names. And of course they said, well, what about your name, Mr. Early? <laughs> okay, yes, yes, and I had to explain that, yeah, there are a few of them, but, but. anyway. Uh, it's even spelled the same way as the, the word that we use for early. You know, some people put L-E-Y, early, L-E-Y, but ours is literally the same as the word that we use all the time. Um, in fact, they gave me a Chinese name later and it played off of uh, that early piece. Anyway, still, that said, for the most part, the tradition here in the States uh, for a long time has been that names are generally just names. They aren't chosen for meaning. Because of that, there is a bit about our story for this morning that can seem kind of odd or maybe just insignificant to us. On the one hand, God's name, reveal, name revealed here does serve the purpose of identifying uh, as an, uh, does serve the purpose of an identifying name. But for us this morning, the crucial point of this story is that God's name has purposeful meaning. The name of God given by God in this story reveals something important about God for everyone involved, for Moses, for the Israelites, for Pharaoh, and for us. Understanding what we can about the breadth and depth of the meaning of this name can go a long way toward helping us to deepen a trusting relationship with God. The revelation of the name of God comes about because Moses is worried and he needs some encouragement. Last week, we read the part of the Exodus story when God tells Moses, 
to go tell Pharaoh that Moses is going to take him. It's time for uh, Pharaoh to give him up. And uh, so God tells Moses to go confront the most powerful king in their known world at the time and say to the Pharaoh that he needs to release the Israelites from slavery and that Moses himself is going to lead them uh, out of Egypt and into a new land. It's pretty easy, thinking about the task he's given, Moses is given, it's pretty easy to figure that he'd be a little bit worried about presenting this plan to Pharaoh and what Pharaoh's reaction is going to be. But this morning, we come to realize that Moses has worries other than Pharaoh. Verse 13, uh, Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, and this is the plan. And they ask me, what is his name? What is God's name? Then what shall I tell them? For good reason, Moses is worried about how the Israelites themselves are going to be accepting or not of his word. For younger Israelites, who is Moses? He hasn't been there for 40 years. Here comes this shepherd wandering out of the desert saying, I am your leader. Okay? For the older folks who would even remember uh, Moses at all, for them, Moses is a murderer and a betrayer. Moses, when Moses was still living in Pharaoh's palace, he killed an Egyptian slave driver. I've been looking for the right time to introduce that fact. Uh, but he killed a man. And I was telling someone else earlier uh, in this series that for some reason, a lot of the people who write about the book of Exodus just kind of let that pass by. They, they, they either don't really talk about it at all or they feel like it's completely justified because of who Moses ended up being and he somehow was representing God's justice or something. I'm not willing to cut him that much slack. And in fact, not only when it happened, at the time that it happened, not only did Pharaoh want to kill Moses in return for what he had done, there were Israelites, his own people, that were upset about what he had done. And so what did Moses do? He ran away. He knew that he was in trouble. He ran away, he got out of Egypt, and he hadn't been back for 40 years. And now he's going to go back to the Israelites and say, Hey, everybody, follow me. Moses needs to have some assurance to give when the people ask, Why should we listen to you? And Moses needs more than just saying, Because God sent me. Moses knows they're going to ask, essentially, the question amounts to, how do we know? How do we know that you've met with God? So, 
When Moses says to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, uh, the God of your ancestors has sent me, and they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. Again, that's uh, in Hebrew, Yahweh, uh, as close as we know. As one commentator wrote, this verse here, verse 14 of chapter 3 of Exodus, is one of the most puzzled over verses in the entire Hebrew scriptures. For reasons that have to do mainly with the way that ancient Hebrew was written, the name is actually translated in multiple variations. The most common is, like we hear it here, I am who I am. Can never say that and not think of Popeye. For those of you younger folks, you'll have to Google that. Um, but I am who I am is the way it's most popular, I mean, most often translated. But other translations include, I cause to be what I cause to be. Or, I will be who I will be. Or, I will cause to be what I will cause to be. And then some of them even kind of mix it, I will be who I am, or I am who I will be. All of these are, are variations of what can come out of this because it's not clear in the original text, the original Hebrew. I think you can hear, though, within that, that the confusion kind of involves present or future tense. What's happening with that? And is it more about being or causing to be? Those are the kind of the biggest issues. I think John Calvin has probably the best, uh, at least most succinct explanation of the meaning for this name that I've come across. He writes, God is self-existent. God is self-existent, therefore eternal, and gives being and existence to every creature. So it's essentially all of that because uh, that, particularly that shorter version, I am, for me incorporates all of the, the future, present, causing to be or, or not because of this self-existence of God. I am simply, I am. God is. We can stop right there if we want to. God is. God has always been and God will always be. God in this sense is beyond time and beyond space. Gerald Jensen writes, any other name for God or title descriptive of this or that typical function would limit God by defining God and making God, therefore, finite. This name, however, identifies God as the ultimate mystery who is free to be whoever and whatever God chooses to be and free to do whatever 
God chooses to do in whatever situation or circumstance. This is the name that God reveals to Moses, Yahweh. And then God adds a piece that is tremendously significant in its implications. Verse 15, God also said to Moses, he says, tell them Yahweh sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your ancestors, specifically, he goes on to say, the God of, or the narrator, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me. The God of your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Terence Freedom uh, explains this. To give this name, Yahweh, but also then with reference to the God of the fathers, ancestors, ties this God to a specific history. God's own history is thus integrated with the history of this particular people. So even though God is totally free, and self-existent, doesn't need anyone or anything, God has chosen to be the God of the Israelites. All of this meaning is revealed in this name that God has shared with Moses and its connection with the ancestors. So, when Moses goes back to Egypt and the leaders want to know, why should we trust you? And he says, because God sent me. And they said back to him, essentially, God who? Moses can say, Yahweh. Yahweh sent me. Yahweh, who is and has always been and will be forever, the God of our ancestors and us. For Moses, knowing this name means having the authority he will need for the days to come. For the Israelites, this name reveals that the God of their ancestors has not abandoned them. God was and is and always be, will always be with them and for them. God even tells Moses further after say that the God of your ancestors has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name by which I am to be remembered from generation to generation. God is and was and always will be for and with God's people. For Pharaoh, this name is a warning. In Yahweh, the Pharaoh will encounter a being beyond his control, a being far greater than himself. At first, he will resist, but God will reveal their power and Pharaoh will concede. As he said, to, uh, verse 18, the elders will listen to you, but then you're going to go to the Pharaoh, tell him that you need to uh, leave for a few days. Apparently, that's like us saying, um, hey, do you have a second? We don't mean really, literally a second. 
everybody knows we don't mean a second. Apparently that phrase, three days, was something along those lines. Anyway, um, so you're going to go tell Pharaoh that, but God, said, God says, I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless, or really until, a mighty hand compels him. And so God shows power and um, control that frightens Moses to the point of realizing he's out of his league. All of this is revealed to Moses, the Israelites, and Pharaoh in this name of God, Yahweh. I am. This name also has the same meanings for us. Yahweh is the one eternal God whom we worship. Yahweh is and was and always will be. Yahweh will never abandon or forsake us. Yahweh is also greater than us and beyond our control, which means there will ultimately be salvation for us. No power on earth or beyond is more powerful. And God's intent is to save. It also means that there will always be mystery for us. No end to learning and wonder. And just as much as the name itself reveals a great deal about God, the act of sharing their name with Moses at all also reveals a vital truth. Terence Freedheim is, again, uh, wonderful at explaining this. He writes, Giving the name open, opens up the possibility of, indeed admits a desire for, a certain intimacy in relationship. A relationship without a name inevitably means some distance. Naming the name is necessary for closeness. By giving the name, God becomes accessible to people. God and people can now meet one another, and there can be address on the part of both parties. Naming also entails vulnerability. In becoming so available to the world, God is to some degree at the disposal of those who can name the name. God's name may be misused and abused as well as honored. For God to give the name is to open them himself or themselves up to hurt. Naming entails the likelihood of divine suffering. And so this act of name giving is decisively continuous with his admission, I know their sufferings. This shows why there is a commandment regarding the name of God, that you shall not use it in vain. At times uh, in this series on Exodus, I've wondered if I should add scriptures from the New Testament to the readings. Um, as followers of Jesus Christ, we profess that for us, Jesus is the fullest expression of and revelation of God, of Yahweh. So 
I've worried at times that we might need some uh, Jesus stuff thrown in to kind of soften things, um, give a, a fuller picture. And yet, in its own way, it's all here in this name Yahweh and in this name giving. We see God as eternal and powerful and shaping history. And at the same time, we see God as caring and vulnerable and loving. By sharing their name with Moses and proclaiming that all generations should know and call this name, God reveals that God wants a relationship of intimacy and trust with all people. Thanks be to God.